from the MMA Unshow. What just happened? What's up, MMA Unshow listeners? Nick here. Uh, we have a, another rendition of what just happened. This one's coming to you with a little bit different mood than last time. Uh, a little bit of a, a, I would say a downer in general. UFC 264 was. Um, it was exciting. Things happened. But it was, all in all, shite. Uh, it was shite. Um, so I'm going to try to keep this to 20, 20-ish minutes. Um, not a long fight to break down. So I'll just start with the walkouts, which I normally probably won't do. But since it lasted around, uh, we'll kind of go into maybe kind of what the temperament was or what I think. Anyways, it's hard to tell. Um, McGregor's walkout, intense, focused. Uh, Rogan said on the broadcast that he looked angry, which I think is accurate. Um as compared to how he would normally look on a walkout. Um, definitely s- the swagger was there. Like the first strut was really good. Uh, <clears throat> and he looked, he looked, you know, loose ish, but then also kind of pissed at times, especially when Dustin came out. He, he started acting weird when Dustin came out. Um, Poirier kind of similar to Connor, almost kind of mirrored his in- energy, um, especially right when he got in the cage, they <clears throat> kind of had to be separated, which like, you don't know how, legit that is uh, but the, it was interesting and probably worth noting that they had to have people come between them uh, that doesn't always happen um, the fighter announcements the crowd was up for it you love to see it um, one of the louder crowds I've heard in like any sport event since the crowds have kind of started to trickle back in they were rocking uh, they were booing Poirier, which I thought was weird. I didn't expect that. Either. I, I, I thought Connor would get a pop for sure. Cause he's Connor. And then I thought Poirier would kind of also get a pop, but he was definitely getting booed. I'm not imagining that. Am I? I don't remember. So it wasn't memorable to you. I guess it was kind of, it was kind of loud here though. So it was kind of hard to hear. Yeah. I thought pretty clearly they were booing. Um, McGregor looked kind of pissed uh, at the stare down. And also his body language again was very odd. Um, I thought he was just moving around a lot and he did this kind of like half-ass strut and didn't do the like kiss his hands and spread his arms thing that he normally does, Um, which again, this could mean absolutely nothing. Um, But I like to pay attention to these weird details and share them with you on the internet. (laughs) Oh, strange what a strange world we live in um yeah connor did this kind of weird spin thing too when you rewatch it you'll see all these things and you'll be like nick was right he was being weird uh okay so into the fight i thought right before the fight started rogan said we have the first round fight and then we have the rest of the fight which i thought was indicative of how the fight i think was actually going to play out i think rogan is right i think poirier got it done pretty easily in the first round he won the round fairly easily not completely uh like it wasn't a 10-8 and i'll talk more about that but um looked good won the round pretty easily so for me i i just to say it now i think had the fight continued 
in my opinion, Poirier would have gone on to win the fight and probably finish uh, McGregor. But I, I don't know. We'll never know. Um, 458. Again, if you haven't listened to one of these before, because I've only done one, so it's very, very possible. Uh, the time notations are for the amount showing on the fight clock. So if I say a time, I'm referencing like what it said actually on the clock, not like into the round. So if you want to find the things that I'm saying, it's pretty easy to do. Uh, okay. McGregor opens with spinning back kick to the body, feints the hips, throws another one. Uh, the second one was partially blocked. The first one landed pretty flush. Um, so interesting opening. And this whole opening from McGregor for the first like minute or so is kind of interesting. Because he's kicking a ton, which he did not do a whole lot of in the first fight. Um, for 50 mark, uh, McGregor leg kick lands pretty flush. Dustin really acknowledged it, uh, which I thought was interesting. He was, he was kind of given like a, okay, like... He's doing something different. All right. He's like like a little pity clap almost. <laughs> the look that he gave him was funny. Uh, his, his uh, just off the topic, his um, mannerisms in the cage are hilarious. Poor he is. It's so funny to watch. Um, where are we? Uh, 438. Uh, McGregor's just kind of fainting and angling. Looks really bouncy. Looks good early. Looks kind of like featherweight, Connor. With all the kicks, um, with just kind of this... Again, everybody made such a big deal out of the stance. His stance never really changed, guys. It's just in like weight distribution thing and like what he was actually doing with his feet. It was such a bad take. Whatever. Um, so he was real bouncy and looked good. Um, so again, the first six strikes that Connor McGregor throws are kicks five of the six land including the last being a teeper on the 438 mark uh connor then steps in fires a straight left punch uh, which lands and backs dp into the cage um and then at that point which again we're pretty early and that's the first punch mcgregor's thrown some of the fastest hands in the ufc poirier just barely misses with a counter hook um which tells me poirier might just kind of have this dude's timing figured out in a way that kind of nobody else, because he literally just missed, and then the next time they had a boxing exchange, dominated the exchange, which is interesting. Um, 420 mark, Connor's throwing more kicks. So Connor, in terms of range control, um, Connor's doing really, really well at kick range, really well. Poirier's a little confused here, actually. Um, not too long. I think it's, yeah, so four... So a 10 of the first 11, as far as my count, were kicks. Um, at the 414 mark, Connor times at 1-2 pretty well, just misses the left hand. And now uh, Poirier's really reaching down for those leg kicks at this point. So it's he's thinking about them, which is interesting. Uh, again, we didn't get to see how that played out. Um, he picked a different route. Connor picked a different route, which was an interesting decision. Um, I don't know. That, that was a good decision, but that was a decision that he selected. Uh, 408 mark. Poirier lands a glancing right hand from Orthodox and for the first time in the round backs McGregor up a little bit. So a nice shot uh, commented well here by uh, I think Rogan called that he switched to Orthodox for that shot, um, which is something that he sets up with kick sometimes and it, to, to great effect. Uh, Poirier's footwork and uniqueness in it is underrated, I would say. He gets himself into good positions to land um, in lots of different ways. And this was a great example. I would go back and watch it if you missed it the first time. Um, 356 Mark McGregor lands another clean leg kick by my count. I think he had five or so there that landed pretty flush. 
um, mostly thigh, maybe a little bit of calf. It's sort of hard to tell the angles are, it's just difficult to tell what the, where the cameras are placed, whether it lands, uh, calf or thigh a lot of times, uh, three McGregor times another one, two DP takes those shots pretty well. Um, 335 mark Poirier lands a two three McGregor takes those shots well counters with a knee to the body um, and this was sort of the beginning of that flurry um, Poirier lands a straight left hand that, that definitely backed McGregor up good probably the hardest shot of the round at least in terms of the exchanges on the feet uh, 331 Poirier lands a jab and a left uppercut that's it's nice um, in real time I thought it was super impactful I thought he hurt him pretty bad there when I watched it back, I don't think you heard him that bad or, you know, like in terms of like, we were talking about like buzzed and hurt and like, we have all these interchangeable words that don't really mean anything. Um, like if it was a, on a scale of zero to 10, like zero, you're unconscious and 10, you're fully conscious. He was probably still like, I don't know, he was seven. He didn't look, you know what I mean? Like it looked worse live though, because the crowd's going nuts. Rogan and DC are going nuts. Uh, he took a step backwards for the first or like through the second time maybe. Um, and then comes in and clinches, which to me, the fact that he clinches and then throws a knee to the body shows that he probably wasn't that hurt, but nonetheless, really nice boxing, boxing exchange from Poirier. Connor wears it fine in my opinion. Um, and then again, steps in lands a knee to the body. And this is where the fight really turned. Um, Poirier has double unders at this point, kind of pushes the clinch into the fence and starts looking for a double leg immediately. And Connor kind of had this expression initially like, man, like I didn't think this was going to be going this way. Like I told myself not to get in this exact position where I'm having to defend a takedown because it's exhausting and it's not fun at all. And my offense is not going to be, and not to say that Connor can't defend a takedown. Connor can defend the shit out of a takedown but he just had a look on his face like he just would rather have been anywhere else in the world for a sec. Um, he shifted his focus, I thought, at least by... So there was about a 12-second gap there before it's very clear Connor's looking for that guillotine when he first gets kind of shoved into the cage. Um, that was the point, at least I thought, was around 310 where Connor's clearly looking for some kind of choke. Um, the 303 mark, Poirier pulls away for a single and then very quickly realizes he needs to deal with this choke, um, which I thought was interesting. And this is another thing that hasn't really been discussed, just this whole little sequence here. So uh, Poirier realizes he has to deal with the guillotine. Connor kind of slowly drops. It was an interesting drop. Like a lot of times you see desperation guillotine throws and they end up like knocking you out of position and you just lose the choke. And Connor didn't do that. I thought that was uh, fairly composed on his behalf. And, you know, he didn't, he, nobody ever talks about his jujitsu because he doesn't use it at all, but maybe he's good at jujitsu. Maybe he has a great guillotine. I don't know. Um, he does, Connor at this point doesn't have any control of Poirier's legs, but it's clear that like Poirier needs to do something to deal with this. So Poirier tripods and then definitely walks up the fence um, to get himself to a better position. Do I think Connor finishes the choke? If Poirier, first of all, do I know that Poirier put his toes in the fence? I guess not. I guess I can't definitively say he put his toes in, his, in the fence in an illegal way, but it really looked like he did. It really looked like he put his toes in the fence and illegally 
uh, put himself in. And I, again, I'm, I'm saying this completely objectively. That is a thing that happened. Did it change the outcome of the fight? I have no idea. Would Connor have finished the choke? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Poirier's jiu-jitsu is too good. But did Poirier in that moment do something that you're not supposed to be able to do? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Nobody's talking about it. That's fine. Uh, so that's about the 256 mark. Um, by 245, uh you know, he's, he's out of the choke. There's just no, there's no threat there at all anymore. And Connor's kind of resigned himself to try to get back to guard. Um, and he's kind of getting stacked here too. He's just in a really bad place. He's kind of got his head teed up against the cage. Uh, just not a good spot for anyone. Um, much less being underneath a dude that is as vicious on the ground as, as Dustin Poirier is. It's just not a great place to be. Um, two twelve Mark. So there's, you got about 30 seconds there with really no action, just kind of fighting for position. Uh, Poirier threw in like maybe little shots, but anything heavy I have notated here. Um, so 212 mark, Poirier lands a heavy elbow. Connor's kind of using butterflies at this point to create space, um, which actually kind of sets up what happens at 154 where McGregor actually lands a series of elbows off his back, really good shots. Um, he wasn't totally defenseless down there. Uh, one... 42 Poirier throws four or five elbows, some of them off the guard, some of them landing clean. Um, this was a great sequence for Poirier. Uh, the 120 mark Poirier postures uh, and lands a right hand kind of on Connor's ear. I think this is when Connor's cauliflower, I guess it was, yeah, it was his left side, uh, when his cauliflower broke open. Uh, not great. Uh, the 105 mark. Poirier throws kind of another flurry. A lot of it, again, is, is off the guard, but he does land a big right hand at the end. McGregor seems to take that shot pretty well. He looks pretty with it after that shot, um, which tells me, you know, he probably wasn't too close to getting t- TKO'd in that sequence. I just, I don't think it was that close. Um, and this is, he, he, I think, where, yeah, the up kick. So this is another interesting thing. Connor lands an up kick that looks exactly the same as the up kick from the Yuri Prohaska Dominic Reyes fight. Looks exactly the same. <laughs> no, I, and I, again, I do. I think he hurt Dustin. No, not really. It landed, but I don't think he hurt him. But it's just interesting how certain pieces of the narrative get left out just because it's Connor. It's so interesting. I don't. I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, again, I do. I think that the upkick hurt him. No, not really. But it looked pretty damn similar. Uh, the thirty-eight second mark. Uh, was I think probably when the commentary team kind of freaked out the most uh, for no reason. Um, Dustin's dropping bombs. Herb's getting close. Herb was not getting close. Um, in that particular sequence, every single shot was off the guard. It was just it's just not great commentating. Maybe they can't see. I don't know. Um, not not great. Great round for Dustin, by the way. It sounds like I'm like hating on the round. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring it back to baseline. Um, fantastic ten nine round. There's no, no chance that's a 10-8. And I think, just to get a little ahead of ourselves, I think they called the 10-8 because when Connor's leg broke, they thought it was a knockdown. We kind of thought it was a knockdown. Watching it live, the punch clearly didn't land um, that led to Connor going down at the very end of the round. So maybe it was a 10-9 up until that, and then that was enough to swing it, I guess, because they thought it was a knockdown, which would make sense. Um, okay, getting close. Uh, 27 
Uh, McGregor kind of reaching for a guillotine again is not really doing anything. I think he's just kind of trying to get out of the round. He's got 27 seconds left. I think he wanted to just stay there for the rest of the round and should have stayed there for the rest of the round, as it turned out. Uh, 15 seconds. McGregor clearly grabbing Poirier's gloves, uh, which is, I mean, he like made a joke about it on the internet. and It's just kind of scummy. He's just kind of par for the course right at the moment. Um, then 10 seconds is what I'm referring to as the elbow kick. Um, that is the kick that lands that supposedly is the one that does the damage. I didn't really think that was the case. It, it And it certainly wasn't clear enough to be just spreading around the internet to millions of people. Probably. <laughs> but uh, here we are. Um Seven seconds, McGregor shuffles on his apparently broken ankle. Impressive. Um, And throws a one to uh, both of the punches, I'm pretty sure, miss. I think the jab miss. I know the left hand miss because both fighters kind of miss straight left at about the same time. Connor steps back and the leg breaks um, around the seven second mark. Then uh, Poirier ends the round on top. Doesn't do, I I don't know if he even really landed anything in that last little sequence. yeah, and at that point, it's very clear that the fight is not going to continue for any longer. Um, the post-fight was an absolute mess. Absolute disaster piece. Um, their decision to interview McGregor was... It should go down as an all-time bad broadcast decision. Like, all-time bad. It, the visual was... Ugh, like, like, it was this circus... Rogan's like sitting on the cage, like he's got like his arm around him or something, right? The visual was just ridiculous, dude. I don't know, man. It's moments like this that I'm just like this sport that I love so much still has to figure some things out. Uh, Because that was not a good look. The, the, The interviews were bad. You know, I do. I think Poirier helped his stock being kind of a dick. Not really. Not really. Do I think it'll really hurt him? No. He missed yes. He missed the opportunity to be like the coolest guy ever. And and he doesn't even have to be nice. He just has to he, he has to ignore Connor or say like, look, man, if, if he wants to get beat for for a third time, tell him to heal his leg up, we'll run it back. Tell then tell him to call me with a bag. Say that. Don't talk about breaking his other leg and like, especially if you're saying it's not even like he said, it's like, it's not even about my wife, which was the thing that people were the most up in arms about because everyone's super defense. I don't know. All the people who hate Connor, like their favorite thing about hating Connor is they feel like they're better. Than oh, it's like the moral superiority the thing. Moral thing. So he would have just played that if he would have been morally superior. Yeah, he should have been actually moral, moral, morally superior, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean it's just a better look. Can, he can do whatever he wants. He's a grown man, and I'm not gonna like hold it against him. But yeah, from like a like if I'm his manager, like dude. And speaking of managers, what is Audiatar doing? Conor McGregor's manager needs to take Conor McGregor's phone away. Uh, to get into a little bit of the aftermath, another thing. I, it was odd to me how unaffected people in the media and just in general seem to be by the visual of the leg break. It's a lot for me. 
I don't know. When I was in seventh grade, I accidentally broke my best friend Tyson's leg at football. And maybe it, it's just more for me than it is for other people. But, dude, leg breaks get me. I don't know. Odd. Uh, mentally, I thought Poirier and Connor were kind of just playing a different game. They were no longer, like, Poirier was no longer participating. He just wasn't playing. And it pissed Connor off. And it made Connor's vitriol reach new heights because he was, I think, trying to convince himself. He was trying to go there. He was trying to be that guy again. And, you know, maybe that guy doesn't exist anymore. Maybe you got to, if he's going to keep doing this, he's got to find a different way to do it. And I think he also needs to find, I'm not a mental health professional, but I think he needs to find like a therapist. Or, or he needs to have somebody in his life that he can, because the guy's clearly got some some demons, man. Like he took this some places, and and do I think that he took this to like a worse place than normal? Yeah, maybe like the maybe in the last couple days, yes. But the rest of the time, really wasn't any different. I think it was the losing. I think the losing, and and then he broke his leg, and then that's traumatizing in and of itself. It's the whole thing is just a mess. He's probably, he's probably on pain meds. Oh, he's got to take his phone away, man. Oh man. What is interesting to me? And, and I have it written down as a, you know, it's not about fair weather fandom per se, but it's like, we, we didn't care that Connor was saying this stuff because Connor said just as bad, if not worse things to people in the past plenty. And not to say he hasn't had people that like were like he probably shouldn't do that, but not like it is now. Yeah, I, and the only difference is what? He's not winning fights, dude. He's not starching people. That's it. That's the only difference. I don't get it. It's we and, and again, this I'm not trying to sympathize. Connor, I, he's a grown man. He can do what he wants. He can say what he wants. And I'm not going to defend things that I think that he said that, you know, are indefensible. I would never do that. It's ridiculous. But he said a lot of this stuff before and we didn't care. We laughed. We retweeted it. Like we're, if you're a Conor McGregor fan, which I would say most people that are into MMA that are around my age or like a little younger or a little older, you're probably a Conor McGregor fan or you were at one point a Conor McGregor fan. So you supported this, man. We're culpable. We built this monster, man. And I'm not saying you have to like hang with him or whatever or support his, but to be like, fuck this guy. He deserved it. That's like real things that I read on Twitter. He deserved that. He deserved to have his leg snapped because he said some nonsense. The same nonsense he's been saying for a decade. Really? He deserved to have his leg snapped. And maybe career over with. That's a tough take, man. (sighs) I don't know. It feels like nobody can really have a reasonable take when it comes to Conor McGregor. And that's tough. Maybe I can't even. I think I can. I think I have one of the more unbiased opinions about Conor. Of people that I know. I think. And I used to love Connor and I still like love things about what his run in the sport meant. 
he changed the landscape forever. I mean, he did. Love him or hate him, he made it better to be an MMA fighter. That's undeniable. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what that means. You know, I don't know where he goes. I don't know what he does. Uh, I don't even know what I want. You know, I thought, I thought that I wanted him to retire now, but now I'm just like, I, I don't know. I'm kind of agnostic on the whole Conor McGregor experience. You know, Jetta has a wonderful analogy that he's going to, I'll say for the show that I think is incredibly accurate for at least in an ideal scenario, how the rest of Conor McGregor's kind of adult life plays out. Cause I don't, I just don't know that he'll be the competitor that he, I just don't know that he has it anymore. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he comes back and looks awesome. I hope he stops threatening people's families and saying crazy shit on the internet, man, because that's not fun. What are we at? 25 minutes. That's probably good. Okay. Well, don't miss this week's episode. It should be very interesting. Uh, I've talked to Ryan a little bit since the fight. We'll obviously watch the fight with him. So, but the three of us haven't yet because Jetta wasn't over. So, it's going to be a, a lot of like raw Ryan. Kind of, who knows, man? I don't know. You never know with Ryan Carroll. Love you, buddy. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, don't miss this week's episode. Then subscribe and like and comment and, you know, all the stuff. Cool. Peace. <laughs>